Hi everyone, welcome to Type Talks. Today we have Pam Fox Rowland with us, and she's here to talk about ENTPs and how they experience leadership. And so Pam, would you like to tell us a bit about you for people who are new? Sure. Well, most importantly for here, I am a Type fan from when I was 17 years old, which was a while ago. And I ran across Type as a peer advisor at 17. And our team did it together. And I read the description of ENTP and I was amazed. I mean, I had the experience that many of us have had. I was like, they've talked to my mom. How could they possibly know this about me? And I also have a twin sister and we're quite different from each other. And I figured she must be in here somewhere. So I'm thumbing through the book and I found ESFJ. I'm like, bingo. We always thought that aliens dropped the other one in the crib. We could never understand why each other is doing what they're doing. Um, so I brought type home to my parents, both of whom happen to have masters in educational psychology. My dad's a doctor who works with kids and he's an ENFJ. And he said, this is really going to help me connect with my patients and their parents. And my mom, who's an ENTJ, said, oh, finally, something in psychology that is based on research and actually makes sense. So they got qualified in type. You know, here I am going through teenage years, college, first jobs. They got qualified in type. They're going to all the conferences. They join Association for Psychological Type, all that kind of stuff. And as I'm, you know, a baby consultant at Bain & Company, my mom's sending me articles and going, get an MBA, all this stuff. And it was like my secret weapon because what I kept hearing is you relate to clients um, so well, all these different sorts of clients that people have trouble relating to, somehow you seem to relate well to them. And it was type. It was um, just because I kind of had a sense from this, oh, this is what I tend to do. Am I overdoing it here? Am I making it useful here? What might they want from me instead? How can I bring out their gifts? And it turns out strategy consulting is a heck of a lot about getting people on the same page and type really help me do that. Yeah, that is heck of amazing. And so you're heavily involved in the type community and you even helped look over the book Neuroscience of Personality for Dario Nardi. And so, yeah, you really love type and it's something that you just eat up. And so I'm excited to have you on. And I'm excited to know your relationship with leadership as an ENTP. Yeah, yeah. So there's my own leadership and there's a leadership of my clients. So I do executive coaching and strategic facilitation. I used to do that in big firms, Bain and & Company and Accenture, in the last 23 years with my own company and a little boutique that I'm on the, the, the team of called Altus Growth Partners. And in my own life, and we'll get into this when we talk about ENTPs and how they lead, I, I couldn't help lead like in elementary school and in middle school, um, high school, and always, you know, joining something that interested me and then finding myself as the president of it the next year. And that happened in undergrad as well as president of student government, et cetera, et cetera. Which does not mean that only ENTP should lead or that ENTP should say yes to taking those roles. And that's what we'll talk about. But um, 
through my career, I've had the pleasure of working with amazing leaders of big companies, smaller companies, fast growth companies, where there are a lot of NTPs, nonprofits um, in Silicon Valley, where I live and around the world. And as you and I were talking about, you know, cross-culturally, type is type. And so working with an ENTP from Singapore or Israel or uh, Mexico, it's it's still ENTP that you're, you're working with, with some cultural variations, of course. You know, I've seen a lot of ENTPs in action, and I thought, you know, maybe we could talk about why they choose leadership so much why they succeed sometimes and where ENTPs can get into trouble. How does that sound? So that sounds great. That's really cool, Pam. And so I'm wondering about the common strengths and the common stretch areas for ENTP leaders. Okay. So maybe we start with what is leadership? And there's so many definitions. I like the ones from um, generative leadership, which is based in ontology. Um, and I've learned a lot from Bob Dunham at Institute for Generative Leadership. You know, leaders do fundamentally two things. They declare a future that matters to other people and they engage other people to build that future with them. And it's kind of home base for ENTPs, right? Because the things that ENTPs love to do, okay, NE, so of exploring the future. Uh, what is out there? What could be? What do we see? And then what is a system that can carry that forward? And when you and I had a chance to be on a panel together, which was a lot of fun, we talked about, at least for me, ENTP seeing the world geometrically. And I have a couple of clients who are ENTP CEOs who describe the same thing. Like, part of what they love about leadership is they get to combine both of their, you know, NENTI and they're seeing the future. And what is the system that will get us from where we are now to that future? Many ENTP leaders I work with are in um, scaling organizations. So they may be series A, series B, and they love the challenge of scaling because it is a question of how do you evolve a system over time to deliver value? And it's just, um, it's a delicious set of challenges for ENTP, which is why they choose it so much. And I, I pulled out some stats from my friend Sharon's book, Introduction to Type and Leadership, one of these ones. And they pulled some data from people who had taken it and ENTPs, you know, to some percent of the population and 12% of executives, right? And the higher you go in leadership, the more that you're going to find ENTPs. So there's a few places where I see a self-selection bias for ENTPs. First of all, Leadership of data science organizations, two-thirds of the people I've typed who lead data science organizations are ENTPs. I mean, that's crazy. 2% of the population, two-thirds of the leaders of data science organizations. Entrepreneurial leaders, Series A and B, 
and building beyond biotechnology leaders where it is a giant enormous puzzle to figure out and the um the number of things that you have to keep in mind over a period of time are just vast and ENTPs tend to like puzzles. So um, that's it. And the other place is where I started, which is strategy consulting, which is overrun with ENTPs. So that's where I see them show up. How about for you, Joyce? Is that resonant with what you see out there? Absolutely. That is right in line with how I see ENTPs in my life and where they show up the most as well. They really do like those kind of roles where they get to use their idea generating capabilities. And I've heard from people who've worked with ENTPs that they've learned to wait until the ENTP has a ripe idea. And so when an ENTP loves giving ideas, some of them, they don't mean for you to take 100% seriously. So it's about gauging the ripeness of what they're saying. And if it's something that they fully want to actually carry out to fruition, or if it's something that's really fun to think about. So glad you mentioned that. So let's talk about some of the Achilles heels of the ENTPs as leaders. And they're only Achilles heels if we're unaware of them. So that's why I love type. That's why your audience loves type is because when we're aware of it, then we have choices about what to do. And nobody has a fatal flaw in leadership. I mean, unless you're unethical or something, but nobody has a fatal flaw. It's just something to work through in conversation with the rest of your team. So what are these for ENTP? Um, number one, shiny object syndrome, which <laughs> can we what you're talking about? It is so easy for us to come up with ideas, 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 that people around us, especially if we've thoughtfully surrounded ourselves with wonderful SJs who are ready to go take action and put it into action, um, your friend is very wise to wait until the idea ripens. But what do they do while they wait? That would be the question. I can say for me as an ENTP leader, what I want people around me to do is to engage on the ideas, help us develop the ideas, see what is some of the strengths, what are some of the challenges, what could take a long time, help us think through some of the gating to get it there. And then together come up with stuff. And this is probably a good time to, to, to mention for those of you who know interaction styles, that ENTP is a get things going interaction style. We want more people in the room, thinking through things, moving them forward. And one of the frustrations that I see with ENTP CEOs in particular is that other people just wait. They like wait outside the conference room until the idea is actually baked or it's in the OKRs or whatever it is instead of actually engaging and designing it with them. That's what we crave is people to design it with us. Make sense? Totally makes sense. Shiny object syndrome is a very catchy way to put it too. It's like, yeah, ideas. Oh yes, it's like the building momentum of having people brainstorm with you is very delicious. And so yeah, ENTPs can, can crave that for sure. Do ENTPs have any other stretch areas in their leadership? Yes. So. Once you've got down to what really are the ideas that we're going to move forward, then it's a matter of building clarity and building some responsibility and accountability systems. And while ENTPs love building systems, we're not usually the first people to go build task management systems and to take, you know, OKR is fabulous at a big level, but 
take them down to, oh, here's what this person needs to do by this date and turning it into Gantt charts and whatever tend to not be their strengths, which again, isn't a problem because usually there's people around them who are really brilliant at that. The question is, has the ENTP leader already pissed off those people so that they won't help them? <laughs> so important for ENTP leaders to say, thank you, thank you, thank you. I want you to build this. You have tremendous strengths, capabilities. Yes, um, let's build this accountability system. Let's build our sense of task over time. Let's build our commitment together to actually accomplish this. The next challenge that we get into, Joyce, is um, that we don't sometimes, when we don't hold ourselves accountable to the commitments that we've made. Because it's one thing to say, hey, great, we've got the goals right. It's in the OKRs for the quarter. We've engaged the lovely people around us to build some of the systems to make that happen. And then we never check it and don't go back into Asana or whatever it is that we're using and actually do the things that people are relying on us to do. And then the whole thing falls apart. And I have seen this with ENTP leaders again and again. So we have to build our own discipline our own routines and rhythms of managing tasks, which sounds like a small thing, but it's a huge thing. Because if we as leaders are not honoring the details of the commitments we've made, why should anybody else in our organization be accountable? It is a challenging one for ENTP sometimes, but super important. Okay, next Achilles heel. Um, because we can be pretty enthusiastic and also be very comfortable speaking to the future and we love engaging people, we can sell them instead of actually getting their commitment. And this was something that I learned painfully along, <laughs> along the road of leadership is people would say, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do it. Because Nobody else in the room was that enthusiastic or brought up an idea or could give them the first three steps of how to do it. But did that mean that this idea really took care of what it was they care about? And if we move too fast as ENTPs, which we love to do, if we move too fast to executing this, we're all with it, go, go, go. At some point, we look around, discover nobody is with us. And I've learned to be more patient at the point of getting people enrolled in a project to be sure that this actually works for them. I think that is something that a lot of ENTPs run into. Well said, Pam, well said. You touch on some really good points. And yeah, that excitability when the new idea comes and trying to get people on board. And so getting that that buy-in in the moment, but maybe the, the people aren't as bought in as they seem, but they're, they catch on to your infectious excitement at the moment. And then afterwards they're like, hmm, do I actually want to? Because ENTPs can be very strong innovators. And mm -hmm. so sometimes the ideas that they suggest might be visionary ideas. 
And so for some people who like proof and evidence and facts, it might come afterwards once the idea is already implemented, but the ENTP already believes in the idea before it's even been done. And so there, there is that push and pull between people who like a safer, more verified, more reliable approach versus the ENTP who sees the biggest impact to the system approach. And so they're excited to deal with that geometry that you talked about earlier. And so there is that push and pull for sure. <laughs> good point Joyce that you're that you're making that um that there's a journey in innovating um the idea is just the start of it the pulling people together is just the start of it the getting even getting genuine buy-in to the goal is just the start of it then we've got to be ready for a series of questions of over time it's Am I really going to want to put my effort into this? And what are the proof points that I need? But also understanding type, what are the proof points that other people need so that they'll actually persist through the journey? And that can be handled very well through design. And so, for example, if um, you are innovating a new approach to, let's say, let's say, um, integrating an AI system, and your data science and AI team is super excited about this. But the ESTJs who are running marketing operations are less excited about it, the ones in supply chain are less excited about it. Um, and you've managed to convince them that it could really be something that will help the company in two years. Okay, so what can you show in two months? You know, even if you don't need the results from that little experiment, which frankly, ENTPs love to run experiments, so it's not a problem, but sometimes we forget that we need to communicate them in ways that bring other people with us because just excitement is not gonna carry them for two years. The other thing that what you said highlighted for me is that there is a cycle for ENTPs in leading where we bring people in, we want them to carry this thing forward. And then we kind of move on to the next thing and we may be vacant for the leadership of the big idea. Even though we're still excited about it, we're still committed to it, we're ready to turn our attention someplace else. And leaders have to figure out how they manage their portfolio of commitments so that they are still present and leading the ones that need them for the long haul. The moving on to the next thing seems like a theme for ENTPs. Sometimes they could make it to the top of an organization or be the number one most competent, but they might also want to try something else. So what can happen is moving on to the next thing. You could master that system, but some ENTPs can fall into a jack of all trades. Mm -hmm. But some of them can also dedicate themselves to a craft that increases their competency too, because NT types mm -hmm. love to develop their mastery and competency over something as well. So I'm not saying they're all a jack of trades, but that is existent within them. I think your audience knows this. We're generalizing a lot. Obviously, NTPs show up in their own ways, but there are patterns, right? Which is why we, we love this stuff because it helps us see some of the patterns. There was a final one that I wanted to, to highlight that can be a challenge for ENTPs if we're not putting our attention on it. 
So the beauty of ENTP can be that we love to make improvements. Absolutely love it. Everything can be improved. The system can be tuned. We're in this dynamic world. Even if it was perfect, it won't be perfect next week because something changed in the world and all of that. However, that drive for improvement can drive the people around us absolutely nuts because it can give them the feeling that they're not good enough, that we don't appreciate what they've done, that there's not stability. So um, the very first time I had an organization gave me an assistant in my early 20s, um, after about a week, she said to me, when is everything going to stop changing around here? never that's the point of the whole thing is we're going to be changing all the time and it's really helpful for us to remember that we need to let the people around know we think what they're doing is fabulous it worked here are some of the dynamics that are moving when this thing changes enough that what we're doing now doesn't make sense anymore then we're going to adjust and, you know, when you talk about competence and mastery for NTPs to become masters of change leadership is super important because they're going to be doing it all the time. Actually, to the point of improvement, um, I'll overshare a little bit and call out my very dear friend, Heather Neely, who is a lovely ENFP and we totally enjoy working together. Um, but she definitely worked with me a lot because she had a dream that we were facilitating together and she stepped out to go to the bathroom because previously I had stepped out to go to the bathroom and one of us has to be facilitating at the front of the room and she gets into the bathroom and she sees a sticky note in my handwriting on the toilet and it said dear janitor the bathroom is good, pretty good but it could also be improved Like she was working with me and having dreams that I was trying to improve everything, even the bathroom. There is this improvement mindset in ENTPs where the fun comes in from seeing how something could be better. Cause it's like, wow, you can make that even better. So sometimes when you have a, a sensing function lower down, what can happen is that you don't really accept reality as it is. What's funnest about reality is actually the improvement or what it could be or the what if of it rather than what in actuality is there already. And so sometimes there is a proclivity to get carried away with what it could be rather than the current state of it. And so Pam, I'm wondering if you have any more stretch areas that you'd like to talk about or if you'd wanna move on to ENTP strengths and leadership. Yeah. And so we've talked about some of the strengths in leadership. Uh, and for me, at least, and for the leaders who I see who who are doing a great job who are ENTPs, we really use that balance that Jung talked about, right? That balance between the exploring of the extroverted intuition and the systematic analysis of introverted thinking. And in that balance, we come up with not just ideas off the top of our head, but ones that actually move the system forward. Um, so one of the you know, strengths, as we've talked about, is seeing into the future um, and driving purpose, driving a game 
a structure of a game into the future. Um, another strength is bringing people together and really valuing the perspectives of other people. Oh, that's a great idea. Oh, fabulous. I love that. Sometimes we also need to remember to value the person as well as the idea. <laughs> um, bringing people together. I would say another strength is to be able to structure, um, to structure the thinking. And it surprises people sometimes because we're so extroverted, but we do have our introverted sides and our introverted function um, that is preferred, which is about introverted thinking. So my team knows that I'm at some point going to like disappear for a day and come back with a four page white paper that just lays out the thinking, boom, 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 incorporates the perspectives people have offered. And the reaction is always awesome. That just, that just created clarity for us. Now we go from here. Um, which also gets to valuing what other types bring. I know um, I have had in, in many cases, they're INTJ thought partners who totally challenge my thinking. And, you know, they've got their own white papers too. <laughs> and really love to engage at that at that system level. My INTP husband does the same thing. Um, and then to really value, you know, ENTPs who are doing well are really valuing our sensing teammates uh, for bringing, <laughs> bringing reality, bringing memory <laughs> to the situation. Wait, it's like, we actually did that two years ago. I wrote up a summary of it. I wrote up a retrospective. Would you like me share that with you? It's like, oh yeah, I totally forgot we did that. That's awesome. And those are really wonderful strengths that the ENTP has. It seems like their introverted thinking, their brilliantness with systems analysis is also one of the reasons for their stretch areas as well. Our gift is also the things that we have to improve on too. They're both linked to our strength and weaknesses. They're basically the same thing, but the flip point of the other side. And so being good at that system analysis can also lead to an obviousness when the system is subpar and being able to critique and problem solve too creates this improvement mindset as well. Having really strong thinking preferences, it has the strength of being a very good systems analyst, but also being critiquing during times when a people focus may be also a better choice rather than the, the argument critique or the system critique. Yeah. And I think with, as with all the types that have TI kind of high in the stack, um, it's an introverted function. And so sometimes we go away to think, which isn't terrible, but then we need to come back and connect it up with other people. And most of the ENTPs leaders that I've worked with have been very comfortable having other people, you know, critique or analysis and go, oh, what about this point and all of that. Um, and it's just that it often happens on its own. So people will say, oh, should we schedule some time to think through that? I'm like, I need to think through that first. And then we can partner together or we're not. NTPs seem to be kind of off the top of our heads, but I don't think that's what gets the best out of our thinking. I think that that um, quiet time to kind of work with the puzzle pieces inside our own heads 
is super essential and really hard now in the modern workplace to find time to get two, three hours uninterrupted. But I think that's really critical and not just for ENTPs, for all of us to access all of our functions. How about for you, Joyce? You're so sweet. You're like checking in with me. You're like, how about you? <laughs> this is what makes you really great at getting people to buy in and, and bringing people together because you, you do have that natural ability to just create community by being in a space and just having a good time. It just, you're able to, even with me right now, you're like, all right, let me bring you into the conversation. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> you do. And you're so... Um, so perceptive. I really loved your participation in that panel, but also I'm guessing, you know, you had some of the experience that I did that type was a tremendous expansion of my EQ because it really showed, oh, that shtick that I do, not everybody does it. Not everybody wants it. <laughs> so they've got their own stuff they're working. What's that about? Yeah, it's a good way to frame type. It's a way to improve EQ too, because you get to understand that not everyone is like you. So <laughs> when you ask about what about me, do you mean what is my experience of leadership or is it how do I see ENTPs in leadership? Go, go where you wish. I'm just wondering what is coming up on, you know, in you as you're, as you're listening to this, what's What's coming up either about the ENTP leaders that you've worked with or how it's similar or different from your leadership as an INFJ? Yeah, that is a really good question. So I find ENTP leaders, they have this tremendous ability to see short-sightedness in other people's decisions in higher up positions. And so what will happen is if they're working with someone on a project and they can tell that a course of action may not be a good idea, they can get a little irritated at a short-sightedness and notice it very quickly because they're so aware of the system. And, and so that's something I noticed about ENTP leaders. Um, I also notice that they're able to solve problems in quite a level-headed way in the sense that they see everything as a, a geometry to be solved. So they almost can, well, where other people may overreact, they're able to keep a level head during situations that require that and, and provide their insight in a very logical way. So I'm thinking about people like Ray Dalio or mm -hmm. ENTPs in the space that are our leaders. They, they have quite a, a level-headedness to them. And how that contrasts with me as a leader. I don't have much leadership experience myself, so. Um, now you're in type and the interviews that you've done, I don't know how many, hundreds of interviews, I think, that you've done and brought to us. Um, my sense of you, if you think about leadership as declaring a future, you want a future where people who have some exposure to type actually deepen and understanding it and using it and that you engage others to do it with you. And I guess by that definition, I see you as a leader. That's a really beautiful definition of leadership. And I, I like how abstract it is too. It's like, it really encompasses that it's a, a mindset or something that you provide rather than a specific role or designation. So huzzah to that definition of leadership. And then so we love that it's abstract and comprehensive. And all that. It's very comprehensive, holistic. I, I love how it really gets the gist of leadership. 
I think as a leader, I provide a compassionate, non-judgmental discernment.、Mm-hmm. So something that people really like about me is my discernment. So being able to know the best path forward, or just having a clear bird's eye view of the situation, and so providing that clarity with what is the best future path. I offer this detachment too, but also this ability to also get people to to share their their deepest darkest secrets with me. So wherever I go, I, I kind of take a a therapist. Unpaid therapist role in that area too, and so people come to me with their shadow, with their dark side. I want to get to the root of the issue. So, and I think that's something that people with INFJ preferences and ENTP share. We notice narrow sightedness very easily, and so that's our commonality there. But we also have a detached compassion to us because of the TI and the FE in the middle, so we can switch between those two in, in quite a fluid way, as well. So those are a few things, but、um, I really appreciate the ENTP approach where you're able to bring these excitable new ideas into a place, and yet you also have this ability to pick apart systems until things make sense. And so it's it's a really valuable skill to bring in leadership. Could I adjust that just a little bit? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Until it makes sense, that I would say is the love that I see of INTPs in particular. And sure, there's some of that with ENTPs. I would language it a little differently for ENTP and say, until we find a strategically smart way forward,、mm-hmm. because making sense. Is never enough, and at least this is what I see in my relationships with the INTP. Is like they're like, "Oh, great, puzzle solved!" And I'm like, "Great, what are we gonna do with this? What are we gonna, you know?" Yeah, there's more of a momentum, like taking、yeah. that what has been made sense of, and then bringing it into a movement. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's very cool. The other thing that you said、um, that intrigued me is is in talking about FE.、Um, To building that third function, I think is really critical for ENTPs to succeed. And where I've seen people not happen, I'll be bring it. Some ENTP guys、um, haven't had the training, support, and cultural encouragement to build their feeling side. And Interestingly, all the ENTP women that I have worked with have developed extroverted feeling because we're supported in our culture to do so.、Mm-hmm. And I'm very fortunate that I had an ESFJ sister and an ENFJ dad, and there was extroverted feeling all over the place. <laughs> and、um, it was critical for me in role modeling and learning to do. What I do, and so for ENTPs who are maybe earlier in their career, and especially guys, and I know that's an overgeneralization, but there's a cultural factor where we don't ask ENTP leaders to really bring the connection and compassion in the way that we sometimes ask that of women.、What、yeah, and and I, I totally agree with you. Women are more socialized to develop their feeling preference. And so,、yeah. even thinking preference, women may be confused. Like, am I actually a feeler? Or other people may see them as feelers when they're actually have thinking preference. So, yeah, spot on. I, I completely agree. 
And By the way, that happens to me all the time. And other ENTPs is we get mistaken for ENFPs, which is fine. They're lovely. They're fabulous humans. Um, but it just reminds me to make my thinking more visible instead of having it off away on some flip charts somewhere in my own office. <laughs> I'm sure many ENTP females can relate to you with that, Pam. And mm -hmm. so Thank you so much for coming out. You have a very vibrant, infectious energy that's very warm and charismatic. So you you really bring something very immersive and attention catching in how you talk about things. And so it keeps people dialed in as they're as they're listening to you talk because it's it's very fun to listen to, engaging, entertaining, but it is full of substance too. And so I appreciate that get things going energy you bring. And yeah, you've shined a light on the ENTP and leadership in my mind. And so now I'm aware of this new dimension of type. So thank you for, for showing me the relationship between these two things. <laughs> thank you for doing what you do and for building a community of people who have an understanding of the functions and who, who are really interested in growing, you know, in empathy as well as their own skills from understanding type. So thank you, Joyce. Yeah. Thank you everyone for watching. I'll see you all in the next episode. Take care. So one of the things that I love about Dario's work on neuroscience of leadership is I always said, I'm running an optimization equation in the back of my head. Like I'm always running some sort of optimization equation. And this was true from when I was very little and I would go into, you know, having a dinner in a restaurant with my family and I'd always be thinking about like I wonder what the percentage of like staff cost is to what they spend on food and I'd be thinking about various things in that arena and um when I got to know Dario's work I found out yes I actually was running an optimization equation there uh so I just I find it fascinating that um you know, type isn't just something, I don't know, Jung made up and a bunch of people decided to write books about, but it's actually a relevant description of ways that we use our brains. Yeah, uh, 100% to that. <laughs> it describes our brains in scarily accurate ways. And so, yeah, that those were one of the moments where it's like, wow, type is so real. It's like in your type to do that. And so it's like, wow, there's a lexicon to this. This means that other people experience this. I am participating in an archetype that has been prevalent as long as people were alive or as long as personalities existed. And it makes you feel less alone and that it's fascinating because there's a name to the phenomena. It's not just a you thing. It's a thing thing. <laughs> that's, that's the takeaway. It's a thing thing. It makes you feel connected to the greater fabric of people or the universe or of phenomenology. So thank you, Paul. That was brilliant. And yeah, this is the true ending. Bye, guys. <laughs>